Anwar Moshe is constructing careers as Australia's first construction coach. She also hosts Constructing You podcast. She's a three times best-selling author, mentor to future leaders and ambitious professionals. Her career, leadership and business acumen has been featured in Medium, Entrepreneur Asia Pacific, Yahoo Finance, Australian National Construction Review and over 50 global podcasts. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series, the Guiding Voice for a Better Future. Friends, I'm your host Navin Samala, just a fellow IT professional but a passionate learner on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Through the Guiding Voice, we drive conversations that matter, conversations that add value to your life and your career. And successful leaders across the globe share their knowledge and wisdom on our platform so that our audience will acquire more knowledge by tuning into the Guiding Voice per every minute than any other podcast in this space. Thank you so much for joining me today and we are extremely pleased to have Elinor as part of our journey today and Elinor hearty welcome to the Guiding Voice super excited to have you. Good morning Naveen and thank you very much for the opportunity to be on your podcast. Pleasure to have you uh, Elinor let's uh, get started. Maybe we'll start with your career journey. How did it all happen? How did you reach your current position? I wouldn't even call it a position anymore. It's a <laughs> dream life and lifestyle that I had many people along the way tell me it's not possible. You should stay in your lane. You should be happy with where you are. It's never been done before, so how could it possibly be done now and why would it be done by you? And contrary to where I am in my career today, I hit a point where I was so meek, I was so diminished, I was so dulled down by following the conventional roots and trying to uphold this status quo in the construction industry that I got to a point where I hated it. And by all external metrics, the industry was more than happy to tell me I should be happy because I was working on the the best project. I was earning over 100k Everything was quite unquote fine by externalities. But deep down I had a growing dissatisfaction that every time I tried to suppress it, it got even more urgent and even more fierce and I guess stressful within me the more I tried to suppress it. It actually had an inverse reaction than what I was trying to do. And it was a bleak morning. I worked on project delivery and construction for eight years and All in all, I delivered around $250 million worth of private and public work in the commercial space. But there was one morning, and if anyone's ever been to Melbourne or is familiar with Melbourne, we have these very grey, very still, very bland mornings. This was in October, probably around this time, but a few years ago. And I was in a site shed, which is just a container, and the site shed has bars on it. And it felt like a mental prison, not just a physical one. And I remember staring out that Melbourne morning at the gravel driveway of a toxic project that I hated being on. And I said, this can't be it. There is no way that all my ambition, all my passion would accumulate to having mediocre managers telling me what to do with my life, giving me absolute hell at work, which was then seeping like cancer into every other aspect of your life, it was impossible that this could be it. And that was the turning point, which I said, no, I am taking back agency over my career. 
I am going to do everything that I can to make my vision come into fruition. And at the same time, I was in the process of conceiving my vision, but it was just not one that I was going to put down. And I said I would do everything in order to make the construction coach a reality. And today I'm an award-winning founder, an award-winning podcast host, award-winning author. All my books are best sellers. I have the absolute pleasure and privilege of mentoring the ambitious people from India as well. I work with my mentor, Ron Malhotra. Got clients in the UK, in the States. I've had clients in Dubai and South Africa and of course Australia. I get to do what I desire and also what will bring the greatest impact into the construction industry. And most people won't even believe this is possible because they won't allow themselves to even explore that possibility within themselves. This is quite an inspiring journey. And throughout this particular career path, and now that you have you have become an award-winning podcaster, author, coach, what are top three things that have helped you to be successful? Number one is having my own vision. Time and time again, when I speak to most professionals, where are they getting their vision from? Where are they getting their direction, their possibility from? They're only getting it from people who are going nowhere. So if they're going nowhere and those who are going nowhere are giving direction to those who are nowhere, it's simply perpetuating a situation of the blind leading the blind. And I mean that not physically, but metaphorically. And without having a strong, compelling vision, number one, how do you know where you want to go if you haven't actually determined where that is? And if you don't know where you want to go, how do you know where you are today? When I drew the connection between I want to be here and I'm in this vehicle, I realized one vehicle will not get me to position number two. It wasn't possible. So I had to get out of the car and build a new car in order to get me to where I wanted to go. Vision on its own can and will change the game. But it's not enough just to have lofty dreams. This needs to be translated into a plan. And I didn't know the path. And I also did not want to spend 10 years, maybe 20 years, trying to figure out how to write one book when in two I've written three. And this was only made possible because I do not have the ego to say, my head is full, I know everything. I got mentoring. And I am so fortunate that through divine intervention, my mentor is Ron Malhotra. And he has enabled me to live out dreams that I didn't I didn't even dream of back then. Mentoring allowed me to bypass the time to get from where I was to where I wanted to go. I wouldn't have experienced 10% of what I have in two years, despite what's been going on in the world, was it not for Ron Malhotra. But most people would rather keep 1% of their income and live with their fear and dissatisfaction, then get rid of their ego for 12 months and seek mentoring. But even with A and B, the third thing that had to happen was faith. And first, that was faith within me, that I have the universal backing, that if I choose to pick my fear, I will get nowhere. And I didn't want to be nowhere because that's exactly where I felt that I was in my career and I didn't enjoy it. I had to have faith in the process, in myself and know that I will always make it work. 
in in almost all the conversations with uh, senior leaders and coaches we come across the importance of uh, mentor and uh, i'm glad you mentioned about your mentor ron malhotra he seems to be an award winning coach as well as uh, an author i have come across his uh, multiple books and uh, definitely urge my audience also go and check ron malhotra's books let's move ahead and get into the core of today's topic how to construct somebody's career Eleanor, so what are your thoughts around that? I have many thoughts and have written books and everything I do is around that. And I sometimes stand back from everything that I do and I think this is too, too simple. But despite how simple it is, there are more and more people who are dissatisfied with their jobs. They have no idea who they are. They don't know what their passion is other than what their employer tells them. They have no idea what their purpose is. They think that everything that they have done is all that there is. They have no future focus. They have no ability to even sit down. Sorry, when I say don't have the ability, they don't have the willpower in order to do that. They don't even sit down and think about their career. When they want to quote unquote grow their career, they go and get another degree, failing to realize that the one that they got in 1996 got them to where they are today. and they're still going and doing another one. In order to first construct your career, you have to notice the key word in there. It's your career. Not the 60-year-old site manager or the 30-year-old project manager who tells you you should do. It's not their career to construct. It's not the HR department's career to construct. It's not your manager's career to construct it is yours and in order for you to construct your career you first have to take responsibility for it but what do most people not love responsibility and you can tell they outsource their thoughts to the media government and culture and parents they outsource their health to pharma and doctors they outsource their finance and their income to their employer they outsource their mind to netflix what's left for them to do so most people don't actually want the responsibility of driving their own career you cannot help the helpless but for those that do want to construct their own career once they have put themselves back in the driver's seat they then need to start letting go of all the conventional career intelligence which is actually just affording most people to have an average career that is based on living from the outside in not from the inside out and also it's actually requiring them to leave a lot of opportunity on the table you have to in order to construct you actually need to deconstruct because if a cup is dirty and you know not able to pour in any fresh water then you can't really do anything you have to actually start deconstructing first then when people have at least gotten to that stage where they realize i don't know everything they need to follow a curiosity and i could be reading a book listening to a podcast listening to podcasts like this where they're expanding their mindset of possibility and it goes back of course to the vision the vision is the first thing that is going to be able to steer them in a better direction or when i say better it's at least one which they want but in order to conceive a vision it requires a lot of internal inquiry and where do people not want to spend the most time in here so what do they go do they go ask you know going back to what we were saying beforehand the people who are going nowhere for direction to help them continually perpetuate their status of being stuck lost and frustrated 
And then once people have decided where they want to go, what is the path of least resistance to get there? Is it mentoring? Am I in the wrong vehicle? How do I actually make this vision come into fruition? And determining who you are surrounded by is absolutely pivotal come this stage. Most people are taking advice from people who have come into their life by default, not design. And this is, again, a major problem because I'm sure you've heard the saying, if you hang around five losers, you're going to be the sixth one. If you hang around six, you're go- if you're going to hang around six multimillionaires, you're more than likely to end up being the sixth one. And then it actually requires people to make a sort of investment. This could be the time or fiscal in order to learn the mindset and the high impact skill set that could get them to where they want to go. Now, that's just on a foundational level. There are many requirements under mindset and, of course, under skill set. But if people aren't working on their career with the same discipline and diligence that they do their job, then where do they actually think it's going to end up? And this is a problem. Most people don't think, and they've proven that over their long-term results. So in order to construct your career, they're the absolute fundamentals because if you don't have that, then what do you have for your career? A degree that you did a few years ago and a job? That was lucrative back when we were coming out of the industrial age, but we're not there anymore. And if most people are operating their career like it, like it's 1965, don't be surprised when they get paid the same rate. So own your career and it's not in the hands of your manager or HR. We have to own it and plan it. That, that's my uh, key takeaway. And uh, Absolutely. Eleanor, let's talk about the common mistakes that people do in career planning. Because uh, I'll tell you my own experience during the early career stage. I used to think, okay, promotions and moving to the next level will happen automatically. And my manager, my super boss is watching. I don't have to plan anything. Things will flow automatically. But over a period of time, I started realizing the value of having those open-ended conversations with regard to career planning and all, right? So what's your take on the mistakes? There's many. And I've written, again, books about them. And I keep on speaking about it because people aren't even aware of the problem. And if they don't know the problem, they won't be motivated to or inspired to take action on any solution. Most people don't know the rules of the game. If you don't know the rules of the game, how are you going to win at the game? As you correctly pointed out, most people think, if I just get another degree and another certificate and I just spend five more hours in the office, my boss is going to reward me. If everyone is using the same strategy and no one is winning, does that not elicit an individual to go, hang on, something's not right here? Even the rules of climbing the corporate ladder, people think that talent is what will get them to the end of the line. It's not. Corporate is politics. But most people don't know how to play politics because they never spend the time developing and learning the high income skill set that enables them to play the game really well because they are obsessed with their technical skills and technical skills were valued. But right now there's an oversupply. Tomorrow, I can go out and get the same technical skills as everyone else. What's the difference? So people are working on archaic ideologies and philosophies, and they're not taking a principle-based approach either. It's just all tactics. And tactics will get you 
so far and I wouldn't I wouldn't even say far at all it's very temporary it's like putting a band-aid over a broken leg it's going to fall off and it hasn't fixed anything at the same time people also spend don't spend any time actually planning their career they don't spend an hour a month but if you tell them to start a 20 episode Netflix series sure they have time so their behaviors are actually revealing how much they actually care or have responsibility over their career as well. And most people also don't have any models of careers. And I'll share the three pathways that Ron Malhotra frequently shares as well. Most people think that you have to become a corporate employee, and that's fine. And the highest you would go is partnership or an executive level. That's a typical path that most people know of. You can go and become a typical entrepreneur. So you have a product or service that you either design or through whatever avenues, and it does really well. Eventually, you as the entrepreneur starts getting recognized, starts getting called into media and so forth. But most people aren't even aware of the third pathway in which to have a career. And that's what I've adopted. And that's the thought leadership model of entrepreneurship where you are using your passion, your purpose, and your intelligence in order to create solutions that when packaged, branded, and put through many different channels, has the ability to create a lot of impact in the lives of others, increase your influence, and allow you to bypass the time to get from where you are to where you want to go. Most people only think that the only way to have a career is to just, again, work really hard, like it's the industrial age, And one day, this miraculous one day on their career is they're going to become a CEO. Also, most professionals are not working on the most influential aspect of anything that you choose to do in life, relationships, business, careers, and that is their mindset. Because most people have been conditioned to be so skeptical of anything that isn't brought to them by mainstream let's call it education and media and cultural and parental situation. And until they don't actually realize how the metaphysical world is impacting their physical world, people are going to, quite frankly, be nowhere in their career. Again, this uh, brings to the automatic thing. People assume like things will go automatically and uh... Thought leadership aspect is another alternate career model which you have shared. I think that is um, quite overlooked uh, aspect in terms of career planning and not many think about that, right? Uh, Eleanor, now let's move ahead and talk about the mindset because mindset plays a very critical role in everything and anything that we do. And uh, as you have rightly pointed, we are conditioned, okay, based on our circumstances, based on whom we surround with and all and our uh, thoughts are limited to an extent which means probably we don't have that winning mindset right so how do we inculcate the mindset of success become a powerhouse mindset mm-hmm. well it's a journey to go on as well and when most people think of mindset they just think oh, i'm just going to think positive or if i just listen to more and more and more podcasts and i read more and more and more books then I'm going to have that that mindset. And whilst those aspects do have a place and they certainly have a time and it is because of those two things, podcasts and books, which put me on the path 
the actual deep and inner work and knowing how to do it, you need an expert for that. The same way that we seek experts when we have ailments. When our car's not working, we seek mechanics. When we want to get our hair done, we go to a hairdresser. We seek expertise for just about every single part of our lives. But when it comes to mindset, most people's ego actually gets in the way of them even wanting to transform. So it all still comes back down to first and foremost, the wanting. And the fundamental aspect of having a powerhouse mindset is knowing that if you put your mind to it, you can achieve it. And how that's done, we don't know. No one knows how the subconscious works. No one really knows. Or maybe they do, but it's occult knowledge and not made available to the masses. No one knows how the universe works, right? I mean, do we really want to know? That's the mystery and the beauty of it. But until people don't realize that there's something bigger than themselves, that there are more influential factors at play than just their own thoughts and their own current realities, they can't actually experience what it's like having a powerhouse mindset where you are just convicted and confident in whatever you do and you're not riddled with fear all the time. It's not to say that we don't have fear, but we don't make decisions with fear and we actually proceed with what we want to do despite of fear. Having a powerhouse mindset is also about knowing which are the most powerful faculties and using that to our advantage in order to create what we want. And that is the beauty of tapping into the internal reservoir of your imagination and your intuition. But the problem is when you talk about this, people either think it's very esoteric or it's too, you know, they can't see it, they can't touch it. And when most people or have an over-reliance on their current reality, they're so quick to dismiss it. And the thing is, no deep transformation when it comes to mindset can ever be done with just tactics. Most people just continue to apply tactics that will last for maximum 48 to 72 hours. But at the end of the day, the number one success principle to having a powerhouse mindset is to seek those that have it and can they give you a pathway to get there as well. Excellent insights, uh, Eleanor. I'm loving the conversation and let's uh, move forward. I have another interesting question. I was going through your profile and uh, one line that caught my attention is ambition and achievement is your first language, right? So can you elaborate more on that and inspire our audience? Well, let's do the opposite first. And that's a great question. Thank you for asking. What does a mediocre mind sound like? I can't do it. I don't have enough money. No, it's it's not my uh, it's not possible for me. No, I'm going to just do it in 12 months time. I need a brochure so I can go into analysis paralysis because I don't have enough courage to make a decision for myself. It's the kind of language which says, you know, Naveen, you should do something. And by that should meaning stay in your lane. Is what I mentioned beforehand. No. I'm not going to start a business because I don't have any expertise. So the mediocre mindset is one which is so quick to defend its limitations. The mediocre mindset is one, and you see them online all the time, they're the haters, they're the trolls who only have personal attacks and they display no intelligence. And this is the common language that is perpetuated in the mass marketplace. But then you have people who speak the language of ambition and achievement. This is a language of curiosity. 
This is the language of possibility. This is the language of ideas and intellect and spirituality and business. This is about, this is a conversation of how can we make it work, regardless if there's 50 ways in which it won't be able to work. This is the language which chooses faith over fear. This is the kind of language which says, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I will. This is a kind of language that in the face of all the opinions of the mediocre mindset, they say, sure, I'm going to do it anyway. And you can just watch from your vantage point on the sideline. It's a kind of language which is abundant and doesn't have lack. They're not making decisions from their current circumstances. They're making decisions out of where they want to be, not where they are today. And it is these nuances that if you listen really closely, there is a commonality in what makes for a successful person on their own terms. And this is what I found in Constructing You, which the essence of the podcast is who you have to become in order to achieve what you want. And funny, all of them had just about 90% of the same characteristics, behaviors, and patterns of thinking. That's why they are where they are today. So profound. Now, uh, we, we covered aspects of thought leadership, aspects of career planning, and one thing what I am also curious is about startup founders. So what will be your advice to the startup founders in terms of making their ventures successful and creating an impact? There's a reason why you have a desire or you are drawn to creating a business. The world probably needs your value and it is your duty. You're actually duty bound in order to make your value meet the world. And there's going to be a lot of challenges. There's probably more challenges than wins. But the highs are higher than any high you can experience in corporate. The lows are also lower than any experience you can have in corporate. But I choose the roller coaster ride and I highly recommend you choose the roller coaster ride other than the the 10k an hour merry-go-round. All right, so Eleanor, this has been fabulous conversation, but let's add some spice to the episode. Uh, with your consent, I am going to kick off a quick rapid fire round. Are you okay with it? Let's do it. All right, here comes my first one. What makes you tick? Ambition and achievement. Okay. Uh, if you want to achieve, if you want to choose a planet other than Earth, where would you live? Can I choose another galaxy completely? <laughs> let's go with another galaxy. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> so profound. Now, uh, moving to the next one. Can you describe yourself in just one word? Confident. What is your favorite trait in any of your mentors? Their expansive consciousness. Last one for the rapid fire. What is one electronic gadget that you like to see or invent yourself? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty good with it. I'm pretty satisfied with, with a laptop. If it was an ability or the function of a laptop, where if I had an idea and it would just do it for me or just arrange my my thoughts into tech and pages it was, it's like pressing control p on on a visual and it would be here in tech form <laughs> i think it will be possible in future because uh, there is a lot of research happening in terms of interpreting the thoughts and uh, and controlling devices based on what we think right so i i, I don't think it is too far away but quite interesting thought that was great rapid fire. Let's flip back to the mainstream. And before I let you go, one final question for today's conversation, Eleanor. What will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers? 
you have you're duty bound to your person and your purpose to enable you to be all of who you are and experience the most you can in your career there is no reason for you to live behind your fear because on the other side of that is a life that you can only dream of and it could be your reality very powerful and thank you so much for the wonderful insights and i really appreciate you taking time to join me and thank you so much once again i'm glad to have you part of our journey thank you very much navin i appreciate the time on your podcast all right so pleasure to have you elinor and folks before we move into the trivia section here is a request to you in case if you haven't subscribed to us please subscribe from the app where you have tuned in from also if you haven't reviewed or rated request you to do the same on apple podcast or spotify all right so if you have loved this conversation and found the episode useful please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice now let's hop into the trivia segment of today's episode so today we spoke a lot about constructing our career and dealing with the mindset embracing the powerhouse success mindset i would like to extend few facts about success and imposter syndrome you know imposter syndrome affects high achieving people more than anyone else because this involves a sense of unworthiness doubting one's own capabilities and talents and feeling like a fraud and this syndrome in fact can affect anyone especially the high achieving people suffer from this more than underachievers this was first observed in high achieving women in 1970s and according to a 2020 review 9% to 82% of people experience imposter syndrome at one point or the other and a person with imposter syndrome finds it hard to accept his accomplishment and is unable to assess his own competence he often overachieves because he works much harder and over prepare than necessary to make sure that no one finds him out as fraud <laughs> interesting isn't it that's all for today So folks uh, in case if you have any topic recommendations or speaker suggestions feel, please feel free to reach me through social media or email us at great uh, email us at theguidingvoiceforyou@gmail.com I'm your host Navin Samala just a fellow IT professional and a passionate learner on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe until next time bye bye see you all in the next video